Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All right, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning to each and every one of you. We, as always, welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to high noon Eastern time. You can find us on YouTube. That's a Chatterbox Sports page. We always ask, please subscribe to the program if you're able. We're also streaming on Facebook, Chatterbox Sports page. And if you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. And you're dialed in. We begin naturally in college basketball. The brackets are out for this year's NCAA tournament. And let's take a look at the top four seeds in each region. We go right to them. And you had a chance to check them out last night. And we're going to put them up for you, I think, here today. Casey's been here a while now. Casey, good morning. Paul Fritschner back from New York. We'll visit with him in a minute. Are you guys alive over there? Casey, throw the Did we top not talk about up. this in the open before the show started? Yeah, sorry. I, that's my it. bad. You got uh, it. Yeah, I, mean, I got good it. Good Lord. Right I know it's I Monday right morning, here. but there we come go. on. There we go. All right, here we go. In the South, Alabama, Arizona the two, Baylor, for me a surprising three, Virginia at four. In the East, Purdue, Marquette, the Big East tournament champions and regular season champions, a number two seed. K-State three, Tennessee's all beat up, injured, still gets a four seed. In the Midwest, Houston, how did Texas not get a one seed? That's a good question. We'll get to that in a minute. How did Xavier get a three? We'll talk to that about Paul Fritchner here in a minute. Indiana, number four. And then, I mean, for me, you look at all these brackets, that West region, that's the region. If UConn is a four seed and all of a sudden you got Kansas, I know UCLA's a little nicked up, Gonzaga's rolling. That's your dark horse, boys, right there. Gonzaga. They've got it going on. They're not coming into this year's tournament as one of the top two, three teams in the country, undefeated like they were a couple of years ago. But we'll get to all of this here shortly. Xavier plays Friday. That will be in Greensboro, North Carolina, against really one of the great stories in college basketball, Kennesaw State. We'll talk more about them in a minute. Xavier advanced to the Big East Conference Tournament Final on Saturday, and they were run over by Marquette, 65-51. It was never even a game. The Musketeers shot 34% from the field, 5 for 20 for 3. They were 4 for 11 from the line. Sule Boom had the worst game of his very brief Xavier career, went 0 for 9 from the field, and had one point in the game. For Marquette, it's their first ever. Big East Conference Tournament Championship. UC season ended with a major thud, getting drilled by number one Houston, 69-48. The Bearcats finish at 21-12, but they're not done yet. They'll play in the NIT, and that begins Wednesday night. I thought that was on the road at Virginia Tech. Is that at home? At fifth third. Yep. Very nice. Okay. That's a 9 o'clock game on Wednesday night. Dayton had a chance to get in, going all the way to the A-10 Tournament Final against VCU, but lost the Flyers will not play in the NIT, and for that matter, neither will North Carolina. Pretty Bush League move, in my opinion, by the Tar Heels. We'll talk later in the week about that with Marty Brenneman. Kentucky 
Lost for the second time in a week to Vanderbilt. That came in the SEC quarterfinals. Alabama came away as SEC champs. No surprise there. The Wildcats are a six seed and will play also in Greensboro. That will be Friday against Providence. That's a good game. In the ACC, watch out for Duke. We said it last week. In Giants Shire's first season after taking over for Coach K, the Blue Devils roll through all pretenders and contenders in the tournament. No one wants to play Duke right now, and how they are a five seed, I will have no clue whatsoever. None. And I don't care what kind of analytics there are out there. The way where they won nine in a row. They took some bad losses, and their, their computer numbers don't really line up with – I'm going by the eye test. (laughs) There is no way some of these teams are a three or a four in Dukes of five. No chance. In the Big Ten, Ohio State made a nice little run. Won three games before falling to Purdue. And in that tournament, Ohio State started four freshmen. The Buckeyes are loaded along with a recruiting class coming in for next year. Keep an eye on them. Purdue is loaded right now. I got to tell you, I haven't watched a ton of Purdue this year. I watched a ton of them over the weekend. I mean, God bless anybody that can stop Zach Eady. This guy is unbelievable. And they'll play in Columbus, Ohio this week. NKU, you know they won the Horizon League tournament. And next up for the Norse, number one seed, Houston. Only one time. Has a 16 seed knocked off a number one in the tournament. That was in 2018 when Baltimore County out of Maryland beat Virginia. Could NKU be the second? That game will be on Thursday. Do you see this story out in the Pac-12? So Mick Cronin's UCLA Bruins lose to Arizona in the conference tournament final. And then during the press conference after the game, apparently some fan gets in the face of Hep Cronin Mick Cronin's dad, and he has to go running out of the press conference. What the hell's going on? It, out was, there, an right? all, it was an all time Mick Cronin moment. It was an all time Mick Cronin moment. I mean, moment. what is going on? Oh, that would only happen in the Pac 12. <laughs> it would only happen in the Pac 12. Bottom line is the games begin tomorrow night in Dayton, O H I O. No big draw there, though, in Dayton this year. You know, last year you had Wright State played. That was a huge deal. And even if they didn't play, you had Notre Dame. You know, this year there's no team that that, that, that – I'm not saying there aren't good teams up there. There's nobody, though, like last year. At the very last minute, we were able to jump in the car, my wife, my son, and me, and we race up there. Last minute, buy tickets and go watch. There, there's nobody I'm driving up there to watch. You going up there, Paul? Uh, I may. Of course you are. I, I would like to get there tomorrow night. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it up there tomorrow night. I'd like to. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't It doesn't have the same. As far as like the local teams or as far as like local around here. Or a national but, draw. We thought maybe North Carolina had they played better over the weekend. Somebody like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, I thought maybe Providence might slip down there. That would have been one I'd have been interested in just as a Big East guy. Uh, I would have been, liked to have gone and seen them, but uh, Providence just barely avoided it. But yeah, you're right. Uh, just kind of middle of the road, Mississippi State and Pitt. Yeah. I guess maybe some Pitt fans. Pitt, will yeah, you're make right. The trip. You're right. Okay. Some Pitt fans will make the trip over the state. So 
but yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that more. All right, we're, we're going to really get into a lot of college basketball naturally uh, here today. Now, madness is normally reserved for basketball, right? March Madness. Well, the same can be said right now for the National Football League. Free agency officially begins today. You can't start announcing and signing guys until Wednesday. But there's lots of action coming up over the next few days. Let's start with the big trade in the Windy City. This was a blockbuster. The Bears give up the first pick in the draft for Carolina's first-round pick this year. Their second-round pick this year. You want to put this up because it's hard to believe they got all this for the number one pick in the draft, right? So the Bears traded away. They get picks number 9 and 61 this year. Next year, they get Carolina's first-round pick. And in 2025, they get Carolina's second-round pick. And throw in a wide receiver who three times in D.J. Moore has had 1,000 receiving yards in a season. That is a great trade, in my opinion, made by the Chicago Bears. They're going to give Justin Fields a little bit of help. We're going to talk to Mr. Chicago Sports himself coming up in about 15 minutes, David Kaplan, about this deal and what they're saying in Chicago. Elsewhere, the Rams traded away Pro Bowl corner Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins for a 2023 third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long. L.A. has now traded away or released three defensive standouts in Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, and Leonard Floyd. They have fallen a long way since winning a Super Bowl. The Brownies! Casey, the Brownies! They stink. That's a real football town. Cleveland, Ohio. It's a real smelly town. They stink. Stink! Well, what they've done is they've restructured that whopping contract they gave to Sean Watson. So the deal now frees up nearly $40 million of cash for the Browns to pursue free agents. And by all accounts, they're going to spend it. The Bills signed all-pro linebacker Matt Milano, two-year deal, which will be for up to $14 million per year. It also frees up about $6 million of money for the Bills. The Chargers were $20 million over the salary cap going into the weekend but then restructured the contracts of four of its biggest stars, including Joey Bosa, and have freed up $40 million now under the cap. But bear in mind, Justin Herbert's contract is expected to be next on the Chargers' to-do list. Sad news, I had a chance to meet this guy a number of times. Wow. Bud Grant, legendary Vikings coach, passed away over the weekend. He was 95 years young. In baseball, Joey Votto played yesterday for the first time in a spring training game, going back to last year when he underwent surgery for his shoulder and his bicep. Votto went 0 for 2. It's unknown whether he'll be ready for opening day, coming up hard to believe at the end of this month. We're less than three weeks away. At the WBC, the United States won its opening round game on Saturday over Great Britain, thanks to Nolan Orenado. And did you know that Kyle Schwarber was from Middletown, Ohio? Oh. Oh, I do now. A Middletown Mitty, Kyle Schwarber. Arenado had three hits, two RBIs, while Schwarber hit a home run. But last night, not good. Mexico drilled the United States 11-5 to 
Team USA plays tonight against Canada. Now, can you imagine if they lose to Canada? Oh, boy. I mean, do we lose to anything that has Canada on it? It's like playing the French. If you lose, just quit. Both teams are one and one. And we would never fail on this program, Casey never. McAllister, to Absolutely. mention FC Cincinnati. Going on the road and being beating Seattle 1-0 on Saturday night. Another high-scoring shootout. FC is tied for the most points in the MLS with seven. They are 2-0-1 so far on the year. Did you watch that game, Casey? With all the March Madness, did you watch FC Cincinnati? I 100% watched it from start to finish. Did you really? I did. I did. And um, it was... It was getting really close. I don't know if you know any of the details about the game, but Nick Haglin gets a red card for dog so, which is denial of a scoring opportunity. And they're down a player. And the Sounders actually get a chance and they score. VAR reviews a player from the Sounders punched one of our own. Oh. And they reversed the decision. Yikes. So it, this was very close to being a second draw for FC. Luckily, it wasn't. And uh, that's another three points on the board. Put them on the board, Put baby. them on the board. Put it on the board. But it was very close. I mean, they were down a player for about 10 minutes. And it was, well, actually, it was longer than that. If you want to include the extra time, it was probably like 20, 25 minutes. It was, a, it was a bit scary. I won't lie. It was a bit scary for FC. Because it, like, it felt like they had control most of the time of that game. But then it got really out of hand towards the end. Well, you don't control anything if you win one to nothing. <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. I guess that's a fair point. I mean, and they're one shot away. That's if they get a shot. They're one shot away from tying the game into what would be known as a... Draw. I got to tell you, and, and we're not going to spend any more time on FC Cincinnati today, okay? But I will tell you. I go into uh, the ESPN.com website. Great website, right? They do a great job. But I got to tell you, some of the language and the jargon in soccer is extremely frustrating when you're going in to just look at the standings. If you go to the website on ESPN.com, they don't call them standings. That's they the, have words like transfers and what, what else? The standings would be the table. The That's table. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Just give me the standings. I mean, I, I'm, I'm clicking three or four different things to try to find the standings. <laughs> That's right, Tom. What else? What, 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 what's that one word, though, that I just said? What's transfer? I saw that on there, too. Go look it up. Oh, I mean, are you what was the context? That was it was, it, it was one of the little headings. When you go to MLS and then, you know, you can click scores. Thank God. I think, or is that what a transfer is? is Tom, I got to be completely honest with you. I love soccer, but it's the day after Selection Sunday, and I got no idea what a All right, well, I mean, you guys are the soccer it. guys, okay? <laughs> you guys are the soccer guys. All right, so let's get right to it. I want to start, first of all, go back to that graphic we had, if we could, with uh, the top four seeds in each region. All right, now, Paul, 
Yeah. You're the basketball guy. Welcome back from New York City. I'm assuming you had a great time up there. You worked very hard, but yes. you also had some fun, right? Yeah, it was good. It was it was it was uh, it was a really good trip. Yeah, overall, it was a really good trip. Enjoyed it, and now we have this in front of us. So uh, it's time to rock and roll. All right. So, what if anything stands out for you? Honestly, I thought the selection committee did a really good job. There weren't really any bid stealers or anything that you look at. If you get into Dayton or any of the bubble teams, I guess maybe you could argue Rutgers could have had a case. But even so, we're getting into the weeds of things. That What does that really matter down in the end anyway? I thought the top here, they did a pretty good job. You maybe could have argued that Texas could have been the one seed. The one thing that I did really appreciate that the committee did yesterday the committee chair did an interview with CBS and basically laid out the fact without saying it, if you read in between the lines, he said that the SEC championship played into their decision to make Alabama the overall one seed instead of Houston because it was between those two teams for the overall one seed. And we've talked so much about whether conference tournaments matter. It was nice to hear that because Alabama won the SEC and won the SEC tournament, yep. regular season and the tournament, well, I'm saying that, that was why they were rewarded with the overall one seed outside of everything else. I mean, number one in the net, all the other rankings that you have, the, uh, not the net, but you, number one overall seed there is what I'm talking about. Houston dropped the AAC final yesterday to Memphis. That was part of all of the consideration that went into that. Texas, I guess you could have argued, may may have been deserving of a one seed instead of Purdue if you would have flipped um, if you would have flipped them there. UCLA got the top two seed; they're the fifth overall seed. I um, I was surprised that Xavier got a three only because of how all of the bracketologists that I very much read, respect, like follow throughout the season. I really didn't see Xavier anywhere on the three line. Uh, leading up into the selection show late last night. And then they ended up with that final three seed. It was funny. I was at Centos taking video of it. And I got out my phone when I saw that Greensboro was popping up on the screen. And I, I hit record. I thought, oh, well, just in case, maybe Xavier gets this spot here. And they did. In fact, I thought that Xavier was going to potentially be the four seed that Virginia ended up getting. Um, but And then that was down in Orlando. But uh, I, I think Xavier, uh, you can easily make a case that Xavier was that three seed because they were 2-0 against UConn. They went farther in the Big East tournament than, than UConn did. They had the head-to-head -head and all that. So UConn gets the top four seed. Xavier gets the last three seed. Overall, I think the committee did a really good job this year. I, I didn't hear anybody really making all that many cases. You can get kind of picky with some of these teams if you really wanted to. Yep. UCLA maybe had a case for a one seed, but they also have some injuries. Uh, the the West, I, I guess I will say, if you're going to talk about one region, that I don't want to say maybe a, any one team got screwed necessarily. It's just, ne it's just looking at, I think, five of the top 11 teams on Ken Palm are all out in the West region. I mean, the West region just has... Everybody, no doubt. They have everybody. Uh, so if you're looking at one region where you say, oh, my goodness, that, that who's gonna, whoever comes out of that region and plays for the final four out of that region is going to really have earned it, you're going to say that's out of the West region because you have Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga. UConn is playing in Albany, but their first-round game is against Rick Pitino. I mean, UConn got no favors except for the fact that they're going to Albany, which is not all that far from UConn. So – I, but, yeah, overall, I, th I think the committee did a really good job this year. I think they did a good job.
Casey, any thoughts for you, Brandon? Can I uh, can I somebody plug this computer in? I thought I had plugged it in yeah. overnight. It must have fallen <clears throat> out. So I, thank you. I went ahead and after all the uh, the brackets were filled out, um, after they announced all the teams and positions and whatnot, I spent a lot of time coming up with my first draft of. The, the whole tournament. Wow. The oh, whole tournament. There we wow. go, Casey. Casey. I, I, I went and did a lot of research. And surprisingly enough, um, if I go back and look at uh, – if I go back and – I'm just going to focus on each each side, the south, midwest, east, and west. I thought that – And we um, are, by the way, and I want to interrupt you, we are yep. going to walk through each of these brackets right yep. after we have David Kaplan on today from Chicago. So please yes. continue. Yeah, I didn't I'll mean be very, interrupt. I'll please be very brief. Um, I'll be very brief. I just had Alabama pretty much covering uh, on the south side. I don't really believe in Arizona. Um, you it's don't be, believe in Arizona? No, I don't believe in Arizona. Okay. All right. And um, – I think I think it does come down to Arizona being in like the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen. I, I do think that happens, right. but I I think Alabama, I they haven't shown me any reason why to doubt them. No doubt. So I I got. They that. look like the best team without a doubt. That doesn't yeah. mean they're going to win it, but they clearly right now look like the best team. Alabama. Don't you agree? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, Casey, what else? And then uh, the one shocker, I would say, in my bracket, which many of you might not think as a shocker, I have Houston losing the first round. Oh, my God. 10 oh, KU. God. I'm all in. All right, Casey. Wait, hold on. We got it right here. We got our, we we got got our gear. Yeah, we got to go, give it up. Go. Brandon Seho came in today, and uh, <laughs> all the guys over at NKU – uh, because of all the pub we've been giving them here on Off the Bench and Coach Horn coming on many, many, many times. Um, we had Jim Kelch on as well, their outstanding play-by-play -play voice last week. Kind enough to send over uh, some swag, as we call it. Right? Yeah. Swag. Yeah. That was mighty nice. Uh, sweatshirt, T-shirt. Casey, now you don't have to reach into your wallet and, you know, buy something from your alma mater since clearly <laughs> you've gone through the whole season out of one day, some fishing lid or yeah. something you had on. A bucket on. hat. What? A bucket hat. Bucket hat <laughs> from NKU. Yes. Okay, so go ahead. So, you were starting to talk yeah. a little bit about, so you got NKU yeah. beating Alabama, which, okay. No, I have NKU beating Houston. I mean Houston. Well, that, that's not happening, but okay. But that was before I realized today that you told me their one of their best players is actually going to play sasser marcus Sa sasser is yeah, probably I thought, yes. I thought he did he was, not play yesterday you you think he's coming he's gonna they, come he was play. listed as probable last night when uh when he was at when they were asked about it yes. okay well that that might put uh a, it might <laughs> throw off the bracket. damper on it <laughs> it puts a little damper on it <laughs> just uh, a little bit outside just a little but uh i actually um on that side of the bracket, I have a lot of upsets. Um, and I know some Xavier fans are not going to like this, but I, I actually picked them to lose against Iowa State. Okay. Right. And that, that, that's I think they get out of the first round. I think they easily get out of the first round. I just think it's going to be a close game against Iowa State. I, got, I end up having Texas winning that side, but with Houston now, um, 
I, I it might, yeah, this is a draft anyways, right? So that's right. Things, things are going to draft. We're going revisions. to revisions. our brackets tomorrow, which, you know, is a little tough because of the, because of the, um, the play-in games, right? So I have a very quick, funny story about this. Do you remember two or three? Two or three years ago, UCLA made right. the Final Four. Right. So in my bracket pool, I had one of my very good friends from high school. And there, I mean, this bracket pool I was in was like 50 people. And I was on track to win the bracket. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm going, how in the hell does my friend have UCLA in the Final Four? Because they were in the first four. I know. I, so I texted him. I go, bro, I got to give you some kudos here. How did you pick UCLA to the Final Four? And he goes... Are we in the trust tree here? I go, yeah. What's up? He goes, I'm a massive Michigan State fan. I just picked, I just advanced the first four winner into the final four and forgot to change it from UC, from Michigan You're State to UCLA. Me. So he had Michigan State going to the final four. UCLA beat Michigan State, but all you select That's when you select right. the bracket is the winner of that game. Right. So. <laughs> UCLA ended up getting the final four because I just didn't even bother to go back and change it and it worked out anyway. So. All right, well, let me ask you guys this then. With that in mind, because I, I if, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, VCU did the same thing. Yeah, VCU. Yeah, VCU. Is, right? V it was in, yep. the, was in the play-in games up yep. in Dayton, the first four yep. and advanced. So should we wait to unveil our brackets until Thursday? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. Because, I mean, a team like Pitt, right? I, Pitt can't. Yeah, I don't think any these these eleven seeds this year. I don't see any. Sometimes when you see some of these eleven seeds, something jumps off the page to you, and you think, "Oh, well, they they have this one really good player, or they have this one really good, you know, something that jumps off the page." I don't see anything out of these eleven seeds that, all right. ma that makes me think. All right, it would, well, it would listen, matter all I'm that gonna, much, before we but, get Dave Kaplan on, I'm gonna throw it to you guys, and then when we come back. We'll get to him. So Ham and Eggers, take it away. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna finish out the rest of my. Uh, what I got here. Um, I don't have Purdue making it out of the first weekend. So that, that I have two major upsets. Who do you have them losing to? I have them currently losing to Memphis. That's probably not going to happen. I, I, I will say that that's a pretty good matchup for Purdue. Like yeah, Purdue, but, Purdue for the, for the, for the don't make it out of the first round, because I know you're on that train. I know Brandon's on that train. I'm sure a lot of people are on that train and I can't really blame you given how Purdue has played, but if you're talking about matchups and guards and you know yeah, look at I, guys like Kendrick Davis, that's not a that's not a bad matchup for Purdue. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen because what I do think will happen is they're gonna run into either Tennessee, super defensive heavy team, right? Or they're gonna run into Duke, who's been really hot, and then they'll lose. But that still means that they made it out of the first weekend. Uh yeah, it, it was a tough one. I don't think when you look at where who Purdue has to face. Um, I mean, it's either going to be the, the 16th seed to those two teams that I, I don't have any, they're, they're going to win that game. And then Memphis or FAU, I just, that game stinks that yeah. if, if they're there, you know, I talk about the committee doing a, a good job overall. I did think that the committee did a good job overall, but obviously there are things you can be critical of. It stinks. It absolutely stinks that FAU and Memphis are playing in the first round. Those are two very good teams. Memphis won the AAC, beat Houston to win the conference tournament title. FAU has had an incredible year. They are a very exciting team to watch. Both of those teams could have made the Sweet 16, and now one of them is going to be going home on the first day of the tournament. That's really disappointing. I was hoping to see 
at least one, if not two of those teams make a decent run in this tournament. Sucks that we have to see that on the first day, but it will be an exciting game. Um, just, uh, just straight up there with that game. So, yes. Yeah, and I haven't really, on that side of the bracket, I don't really know who I'm going to, to pick to win that side. I currently have Duke just because I think they've been really hot. But I think it could easily be Marquette. I think Kansas State has a really good shot at it too. Um, and you never know about Tennessee. I mean, at this, from what I've been told, the college tournament is more about offense than it is defense. So I don't know if that means anything. But and then I have Kansas on the other side winning, and that's a really tough side to to win. God, all. Kansas got. Well, we'll get into more of that. We have we have David Cowboy. We got David. Now, listen, uh, I go way back with this guy. I mean, I remember when he was doing local radio uh, in Chicago, was broadcasting a lot of bas college basketball games on television. Chicago guy through and through. He has become Mr. Chicago Sports. I mean, he's the guy. And you know he's a big leaguer when he's driving in his car for crying out loud crying to out talk loud. to us. Of course, that he's might talking. be a, a parking lot. There in Chicago, driving around. Catman, how are you, brother? Catman, how are you, brother? My guy, Tommy, how are you, kid? I'm all right. What's new? What's new? I just got off the air doing mornings. Now I'm going to a, I got a studio I got to go to to tape something else because of this Bears trade. And then I get your message. I'm like, my guy, Tom Brenneman is probably the guy most responsible for me getting my career going. That's well, a I don't, I don't know about well, that part. You've uh, done just fine uh, without any help from me. So tell me, wh what's the reaction to uh, the trade? I mean, to me anyway, it looks like this is a great deal. You agree or disagree? This is a huge deal for the Bears. Look, there's a reason they're picking number one in the draft because they got the worst roster in the NFL. They have one first-round pick that they made on their roster, that's Justin Fields, who I'm a fan of. I like Justin very much. Now, did he show a lot in the past game? No, but I'll tell you that's because we have a horrible wide receiver room and we have a bad offensive line. So when those two things are not where they need to be, it's going to make it tough on him. I love this deal because you got not only your picket still in the top 10, but you got their number one pick in 24. If they're no good next year, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the guy I openly lust after. That's who I want. And if the quarterback position is something that's still in flux here, if Justin has a bad year, well, then you're in play for Drake May of North Carolina or Caleb Williams of USC. So for me, and then added DJ Moore, a legit number one, no-brainer deal. Um, you know, I, I want to follow up. You said you like Justin Fields. Uh, I, I thought he was, you know, after a slow start, I thought he became one of the most dynamic and interesting players in the league. Um, you know, um, is the feeling around there, by and large, for Bears fans that he's going to be just fine? Or are there still kind of a lot of questions with him? I would say the overwhelming majority, Tom, in Chicago are all in that he is the guy. Now, I believe that the way they played last year is unsustainable. You cannot run that guy as much as they did or you're going to get him killed. So does he make it to the next contract here? 
now that you have DJ Moore, I'm expecting them to sign whether it's Juwan Taylor or uh, the kid Orlando Brown or McGlinchey, most likely from San Francisco, and I'm sure they'll use more draft capital on offensive linemen. If that is the case and he has a bad year next year, then I think people will say, all right, then they got to find a quarterback. I don't think that'll be the case. I love the kid. While we're on the topic of the Bears, and I want to get to college basketball with you because I'm not so sure anybody I know on the planet uh, knows more about college basketball than you do. Um, you coached it, you played it, you, you've announced it, on and on and on. But but this whole thing with the Bears moving out of Soldier Field um, and, and moving out to the suburbs, do you think that's for sure when all is said and done is exactly what's going to happen? And if so, what are your thoughts about that? Okay, one, it is a done deal. It's a done deal. The mayor... Her, the one who just lost in the election here, her legacy is she let the team in Chicago, and you can talk about the Cubs, but you still have White Sox fans, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Sky, whatever. The Bears are the one team in town, and she screwed up that relationship, and now they're moving to Arlington Heights. And it is a done deal, and for me, it is a no-brainer, Tom. No-brainer. You are going to own 326 acres of prime real estate, 20 minutes from O'Hare Airport, you're going to get to build a palace of a dome stadium. You're going to have infrastructure all around so that Tom Brenneman gets out of his car. He's taking his kids to the game. You park indoors, so I don't care how cold it is. You say, hey, let's go buy jerseys for the kids right there. I want to stop. I want to bet the game at the sports book they're building right there. And then we got 15 restaurants. Where do you all want to eat? That's what they're building, and it will double the value of the franchise. All right. Uh, shifting gears to college basketball. Anything stand out to you as far as the uh, selection committee was concerned yesterday on their seedings, especially in the top four or five? No, I, I thought Kansas might get the chance to play in Kansas City. I did. I think they're a really, really good team. Houston's a really good team. But I think this is the most wide-open tournament that I have seen in decades. Literally, I think there's 20 teams that could win it. Marquette, really good. They could win it. Could Kansas go back-to-back? Absolutely. I, I just think it's so wide open, and that's what makes it my favorite event in sports. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about the Cubbies, your beloved Chicago Cubs. They're back, baby. <laughs> They're back to what? We're going to contend in that division. I don't think we win it. But next year, remember this name, Pete Crow Armstrong. That was a fleecing of epic proportion. Three months of Javi Baez to the Mets. For this kid who will be our starting center fielder for a decade or more and win multiple gold gloves, we got a team coming, Tom. Oh, it's going to be so sweet when we roll into Cincinnati and beat the Reds and then go to St. Louis and beat the Cardinals. We're back. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, some things change, but one of me, David Kaplan, when it comes to talk about his cubbies, I mean, it's ridiculous. This tired act of yours for I don't know how long about the Cubs. It's tired. I was there in 2016, November 2nd, when we won the World Series. The greatest moment of my, I won't say my life because I have my kids and my wife. But other than that, 
Next to my divorce, it was the greatest moment I've had in the last <laughs> oh 20 years. God. <laughs> Good Lord. But you're a grandparent now, so congratulations. Yeah, I got a grandson named Ben. He's two. He's already into football, loves football. So we'll see. His dad played college football. He's big, 6'4", 275. So we'll oh. see how big Ben becomes. Oh. We've got a second one coming in April. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. They'll find out that day. Uh and then we'll see, but it's a lot of fun, man. Very, very blessed. Well, you look great, my friend. It's always great catching up with you. I hope I can see you in person sometime soon. Be careful driving. God bless, my man. Bless, my man. Best to your dad and your sister, too. All right, buddy. Thanks, Cap. Right. See you soon. David Kaplan, kind enough to join us. Boy, I tell you, that's a piece of work right there. I love that guy. He and I had a lot of laughs in Chicago. And his career has just been unbelievable. You know, they're, 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 their media there, obviously, being the size city they are, is so much bigger. It's hard to comprehend in our town. I mean, we've got one, I guess, sports talk station, you know, but even that is not local all day, 24-7. They've got three or four of those in Chicago. Then they have television stations there, not your NBCs and Fox and CBS and ABC, but they have on cable uh, two or three of these where you've got talk shows going on all day long, legendary Chicago figures, and nobody uh, is Mr. Chicago Sports more than that guy, uh, David Kaplan. He's dialed in on, on every single thing that's happening up there. And uh, I would highly suggest you follow him on, on Twitter if you're, you know, a Chicago fan of any kind and, and, or, or just want to know what's going on up there in Chicago sports. I agree, Casey. That, that, that trade is mind-boggling. And it seems now the rumor is, you know, Carolina's got to clearly get this right. Yeah. They, they... And they've got a decision to make. And they would have not made this trade unless they've not already made that decision on who that guy is. And apparently, the rumor mill is that guy is C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, I, he was my number one. Um, I'm sure he's a lot of people's number one. He's the prototypical size, um, can sling the ball around. He's not the same... Ohio State quarterback that everyone is afraid of. He it, he can throw. He he's an accurate quarterback. It is going to be very interesting to see. Um, I think the other rumor mill would be Anthony Richardson, but that's mainly because they already got a guy like Cam Newton before, and Anthony Richardson fits that mold of a running, throwing quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have a plan. They got to get this right. And it's going to be really tough for them, regardless of who they pick, because they don't have a single weapon that I could name on that no, roster. They don't. DJ Moore was the only guy that I could really think of. They're without, uh, Dante Freeman or whoever they, they, they lost some of their running backs that they had a really good rotation. Now I, some of them are going to be gone in free agency. So and I don't think they have a second round, so they really got to nail the rest of their draft to really make a difference for this year. Um, if you're asking me the, the future for this Panthers team, I mean, I don't see how the Bears didn't just get away with it. Like, they, they, they 
to me, are the clear favorites of or the clear odds winners of this trip. There's no doubt. And I mean, I just don't, you know, this is why when you get into the whole quarterback debate, and I'm not getting into the Ohio State quarterback debate. I don't mean it that way. I'm just talking about quarterbacks in general. This is where in a society where we're, you know, in more and more incredibly impatient, we're quick to judge um, whether a guy is the guy or not. Um, and, and if it is indeed C.J. Shroud, maybe it's Bryce Young. I don't know. We'll wait until the draft comes along. Whichever one it is, they are walking into an extraordinarily tough spot. All the reasons you just mentioned. They don't have weapons at wide receiver. Uh, at least not a ton. Um, they, they, they don't have a very good team. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to draft a guy number one. There's a real good chance that he's going to be the starter day one. And, you know, we'll see what the Panthers do. But it is going to be a tall order. Now, the athletic today, and we always get back to the athletic. And again, coming up. We're going to walk through all the tournament brackets, and I know that's the big talk right now, but let's be honest about it. I mean, on a day where the NCAA tournament announces its brackets, if you go to most websites, most of them are putting football stuff first because that's the NFL. They're the king, even in the offseason. Hell, there's nothing going on, right? At least you wouldn't think. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot more going on the next 48 to 72 hours. But in the athletic today, they have, the Ravens trading Lamar Jackson to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts have the fourth pick in the draft, which means the Ravens would take that pick. And the Athletic believes that Lamar is going to Indy and that Anthony Richardson, who very much similar in style, right? Yep. To Lamar Jackson would be going to the Ravens. So remember, there's a non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, which means any team in the league can sign him to a deal. The Ravens have the right to match that deal. If they decide not to match the deal, whatever team signs him to that offer sheet would have to give up two first-round picks starting this year. So the Ravens would take the number four pick in the draft if indeed that trade is made. You have the brand-new coach in Indy, offensive-minded guy, came over from the Philadelphia Eagles where he was working hand-in-hand with another quarterback who can throw it and also run it. Sirianni. Right? Well, that was Sirianni, the head coach, but Steichen was the offensive coordinator. Now he's a head coach in Indy. Oh, gotcha. Right? So he's a guy working with um, that would be working if it happened with another quarterback who's very similar in style. Although I think Hertz throws it better accurately, more accurately than than Jackson does. But Jackson's been an MVP. It is going to be fascinating to watch here uh, over the next, you know, yeah, twenty four to forty eight teams restructuring deals to try and free up some money. Casey, you badmouth them all the time. I think the Brownies are spending some serious cash. They're going for the home run ball. Yeah, and they're still – They're all in. They're still going to only win like eight games and miss the playoffs. That's sad. They're wasting their entire 
youth of their star players on a guy that at quarterback, you know, that just, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And you're going to have to – that $40 million that they're creating, they got to pay that on the back end. But it's not like it's just disappearing. Like, the, when people restructure, they don't realize that usually that means the following year they got to pay that money that, that well, next season. look no further than Deshaun Watson's contract. We were talking about this before the show. When they restructure this deal, Deshaun Watson this year is going to make $19 million. It's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for a guy, right? Next year... And for the next three years, he will make $64 million a year. It's incredible. It's incredible. Three straight years will haul in $180 million. Is that what Burroughs' deal going to look like? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tom. I uh, it, it it blows me away. I I know that the Browns have been very aggressive in roster restructuring and building, and it's actually worked out well for them. All things considered, they they went from a mediocrity franchise for twenty years to where they're at now, which at least gives them some hope that they can make a playoff push. But man, this is you talk about being all in this is truly a all in no scenario. doubt about it maybe there's, more than any other franchise in a league including the Bengals there's no way that next year that they will be able to make a similar type move in free agency or just in the offseason like they can't push any more money back they do that they they might not even be able to fill a franchise they might not be able to fill a roster They'd be so far under the cap, it wouldn't be funny. So this is something that if they don't get right, they don't pick the right guys in free agency, it can look really, really ugly moving forward. But the one thing I do want to – I want to go back to the thing that you were talking about, about the Colts, just really quickly. If that were to happen, Lamar going to the Colts and the Ravens getting a couple first-round picks – I would be more concerned about the Ravens than I would be the Browns at the like in that scenario. The Ravens are very good at drafting. They would still have their first overall pick this season as well. So they would get a fourth and like a 20 this year. And the following year they get two more first round picks. Yeah. I mean, this team has been very very good at building a roster through the draft. And you keep giving them more chances like that, and it doesn't matter who they got at quarterback. I'll just put it like that. Well, I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I agree 100%. But if I'm a Bengals fan and I'm looking at this Bengals window, whatever that means, but if I'm looking at my competition next year inside my division, I'm liking my chances a lot more with Tyler Huntley being the starting quarterback next year, because he would be the starter, and they'll start mixing in Richardson if this deal happened, I would feel a lot better about my chances dominating that division for the next two to three seasons. Two to three? Hmm. That's an interesting... 
Because then the Bengals got to start making decisions. We're going to get into this, yeah. you know, later in the week with Jay Morrison. When you look at these quarterback contracts and the direct effect that they have, everybody agrees Burrow should be here forever. He's the guy. But the second they sign him to that deal, the Piper will come a calling and will be asked to get paid. And when that jump goes from 17 or 22 or 25 million into the 45 and 55 and 60 million, that window starts getting closer and closer to somebody throwing, you know, a big league house like you got now in Mason. You probably got those fancy windows where, you know, you, you have the, the double locks and all that kind of thing. That's what that window looks like. All right. Boys, are you ready? Yeah, let's Are yeah, you let's at go. home ready? Is my computer even moderately charged enough to get through the rest of the there. show? I don't need it. No, 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 no. I just want to see if it's moderately charged to get through the rest of the show. It's halfway, so we're good. Brandon, thank you very much. Good to have you back, by the way. Absolutely. I appreciate it very much. All right, here we go. We got a lot of viewers today. A lot of people wondering what is good. Boy, Brian's been asking this question forever. Can anyone tell me how Duke and North Carolina never leave the state for the first two games of tournaments ever? Are they playing in North Carolina? I don't think they're not in Greensboro. So that's he's been asking that question though for a while. Duke is in Orlando. Yeah. Okay. So what, well, maybe he's just been asking. Maybe just keep keep he's hitting the same thing over and over. Okay. Okay. All right. So where are we starting, boys? We're gonna start in the Midwest, right? Mid Didn't we, we can, decide yep, that? We can start with Midwest because we're gonna start where Xavier is. Okay. Well, and we got NKU here, too. So and we, we got, got NKU here. Yeah. All right. Um, All right, let's do it. Reed says we should have on um, should have Dave Kaplan on every day. He's a, he was a great guest. Okay, here we go. Let's start here. And, and, and the way we're going to do this, we're not picking today. No. All right? We're just going to get a, you know, sort of a, a rough idea of everyone's thoughts in the bracket, yeah. whether you're looking at a, an upset whether you're looking at a particular team advancing or having a hard time advancing, okay? Um, you know, I look Houston, and we, Houston, without a doubt, is, is a, they're one of the top two teams in the country. They're yeah. the overall number two seed. That second game after Northern Kentucky, and we're rooting for the Norse, but if it doesn't work out, um, that, that next game for them is not going to be a total layup. Because if Iowa's making outside shots, that team's a dangerous team. Well, you're exactly right, Tom, in the sense that this is something that I always say about Houston, where when you get these teams that play these low-possession games and they grind you down and then you play a team that can score, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you might be down, just like yesterday against Memphis, where – you're down, and then you got to come back and score. Now, granted, yesterday they're playing without Marcus Sasser, one of the best players in the country. He's probably going to be back in the tournament. He may not play against Northern Kentucky. I don't know if they're going to risk him against the Norse. He would, he will play. I, I would assume from the way I was reading that yesterday that he will play against either Iowa or Auburn, whoever they get in the second round. It would be a mistake if he didn't play. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, Iowa has obviously struggled a lot this year. Uh, at different points, but yep. they've been up and down, and we know Iowa. It's the same Iowa that we've been talking about forever. 
a team that can just score and score and score at a really high rate. It's not like they shoot the three particularly well. It's not like they score inside all that well. They just score very well. They're not a team that's going to light you up from three. They're, they're in the middle of the pack in the country and shooting threes, 164th. They're 90th inside the arc. They just score at a really high rate. And they also do not turn the ball over, which is something that Houston, you know, when you talk about a defensive team like Houston, Houston, the, the fourth best defensive team in the country, 22nd in the country at forcing turnovers. That's something you're looking at if it's Iowa. And on Auburn, obviously out of the SEC, Auburn's had their wins. They've also had their losses. That's why they're a nine seed. But most of those losses have come in the back half of the season since the end of January. They've struggled down the stretch. They do have that win over Tennessee at home in the regular season finale. But outside of that, they lost in the first round or in their first game of the SEC tournament to Arkansas by three. You just don't know what you're going to get day in and day out out of this team. I think this is a fun 8-9 game. And I do think that Iowa probably gives Houston a little more trouble than Auburn does just because of their offense. Uh, that's an initial thought there. That's an initial thought. Drake Miami is going to be a lot of fun. Drake is a really good 12 seed. It was funny yesterday looking um, when, when I was at Cintas, they're flashing the brackets up on the screen and I'm watching the team and, and Sean Miller. I'm watching all those guys react to the teams being announced. And there were a few times when you the, the teams would get flashed up and they thought you could tell like there was – I don't want to say sigh of relief, but it was kind of like their eyes open. Oh, we didn't get that team. One of those was the Kent State. Kent State was a team a lot of people didn't want to play. Oral Roberts is a team a lot of people yep. don't want to play with. Max Smith. Duke got them. I think that'll be a fun game. I do think Duke wins that game, but it would not shock me if Oral Roberts won that game. And then uh, uh, Kent State and then and Oral Roberts talked about that, but Drake was another one. Drake on the 12 line. Xavier was never going to play Drake because Drake is a very deserving 12 seed. Xavier wasn't going to drop to a 5 but uh, that's a fun one, especially out of the ACC and a very down ACC this year. A really, really, really bad ACC. Now Drake gets their chance in the first round at one of those. That's a classic 12-5. I'm looking at Drake in that game. Well, I got to tell you, the team I'm watching is Kent. Kent's, Kent State yep. this year has played Houston. Tough. They lost by five. Yes. And they yeah. grinded out 49-44 game. Kent also played Gonzaga. And lost 73 to 66. So they have played two of the best teams in the country. I mean, right down to the final couple of minutes, if not final possession. So Kent State has a guard named Sincere Carey. He was the MAC player of the year last year. I don't know if he won it again this he year. He did not win it. He did not time. win it. Okay. So he was the MAC player of the year last year. Sincere Carey, he's a senior and he is a stud. He is an absolute stud. This is a game that would scare me if I'm Indiana. Uh, I'm not buying Indiana. I, I, I'm just not buying them. They might, I'm not uh, saying they're, they're, they're going to lose this game, but I am not buying Indiana. Well, They've see, had injuries, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about Indiana. If Indiana wins that first game against Kent State and Drake pulls off that upset against uh, – Miami, then all of a sudden you're talking about Indiana playing in the Sweet 16 against Houston probably. So, um, I, it, it's just that Kent State thing. Because every sometimes you, you don't want to get too overzealous with these upsets that everybody in the world is going to pick. 
I'm not sure everybody's going to pick Kent State, but I think a lot of people are going to pick Kent State in that game. Okay. Um, this 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 top half of this Midwest region is a very very intriguing. This the top half of this Midwest and then the whole West region in general are uh, are, are pretty intriguing. But then you get down into the bottom, Iowa State. They've really struggled at different times this year. There, there are only two wins for Iowa State. The only two wins they have in the last month uh, since February 15th are over Baylor. They've beaten Baylor twice. Other than that, they don't have a win in the last month. Mississippi State. No, I, hang on a second. Here's the thing that worries me because Iowa State's going to beat Mississippi State. Or Pitt. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to beat them. I think All right. I, Here's I, the thing that worries me if I'm Xavier. Okay. Xavier likes getting up and down the floor. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Right? Yeah. Iowa State is the polar opposite of that. They yeah. are a shut it down defensive kind of team yep. and they slow the game down. They do. You're right. They are one of the slowest teams in the country. They play at th- the 326th, uh, the, they're 326th in tempo in the country out of 363 teams. So they are, they are a very, very slow team. They grind you down, they don't score a lot. But again, that's the thing where you're looking at a team like Xavier where Iowa State just can't score at times. They also lost Caleb Grill, um, one of their most impactful players. He's out for the season. Um, personally, when I saw all this flash up on the screen, I saw Kennesaw State in the first round. Kennesaw State's been a great story. Yeah. I, I think that uh, obviously they've been a good program out of the Atlantic Sun. I think that is a phenomenal matchup for Xavier in the first round. And quite honestly, I do think that Iowa State is a good matchup in the second round. I know that they do play at the complete opposite style. One team is going to have to try and force the other team to play to their style. And I think if Xavier can get up and down the floor and try to score at, at as well as they have this year, um, then you're looking at you're looking at a fairly favorable draw there. And then from there, who knows what happens? We could be talking. Right, about let me like ask this. you this about Xavier. Yeah. Okay. Every team, and look, Kansas has had this happen to them this year, where they have just laid eggs. Yeah. I mean, they've not only lost, they've been blown out of the gym, right? Yeah. On four or five occasions this year, Kansas has just been massacred by somebody, right? Yeah. Now, Xavier doesn't have a lot of those, but I got to ask you, they had a couple of nice wins near the year. I'm not, you know, they... They were nice wins. Providence stinks. So, and in my opinion, Creighton stinks. I really don't think Creighton is any good at all. That's my personal opinion. And everybody could argue that. And who knows how they end up in the Final Four and I look like an idiot. But they just run around in circles on offense to me. I, 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 don't, I don't like Creighton. But Xavier was the title game just one of those games? I mean, it had to be right with Sule Boom going 0 for nine. Yeah, so so Sule Boom. I mean, he was he had a he had an upper respiratory problem. He was real sick. Xavier's depth was not. I mean, it's just the third game in three days. Um, you could kind of tell it was kind of funny. Sean Miller on the sideline. It never even felt like he got upset. It never felt like he was on the sidelines screaming or upset or, or disgusted with how everything was going. It just was the third game in three days, and you ran into a Marquette team that um, was coming off that win over UConn. I don't really read anything okay. into that Big East title game for Xavier. I think that the week off – in fact, Sean Miller actually said last night in the press conference that 
the extra day that he's really happy that this is a Friday Sunday for Xavier yeah. in Greensboro, that you get that extra day, that you don't have to turn right back around on Thursday and play. You get that extra day. You play on Friday. Um, I do think that that will help with Xavier and get everybody back healthy, feeling good into the tournament. Um, I, I don't I don't read into that title okay. game at all. All right. Yeah. Uh, down at the bottom of that bracket, Casey, uh, Texas, Texas is the team in the bottom of that bracket. Yeah, te- um, they're, they're the best team by far, in my opinion. Yeah, I, th- I, agree I, I think you could argue that Texas might be the best team in this region um, outside. Of, I know Houston's there at the top, but if, if you were willing, if you were going to sit down and make an argument that Texas was the best team in this region, I'd listen to you. I think Houston is obviously they're the one seed. They might have been the overall number one seed, but Texas is a very good team. Funny thing for Xavier, if we're keeping it local, is you know, I mentioned a couple of storylines. If Xavier was to play Texas A&M uh, in the Sweet 16, if both teams advanced, that would be a rematch of last year's NIT uh, title championship game. <laughs> and if you remember all the way back in 2004, Xavier made the Elite Eight that year. They beat Mississippi State in the second round. And then they beat Texas wow. in the Sweet 16. How about that? So some fun, like little, yep. you know, some fun little storylines in here, just kind of underlying things. Mississippi State would obviously have to win two games to even get to the second round. Um, you know, Texas. Who knows if they get past Texas A&M? But either way, you know, Texas in, in the Sweet 16 or Texas A&M in the Sweet 16. There's a little bit of history there too, depending on how far back you want to look. I know people always want to talk about the conspiracy theories of the fun stories and the matchups in the NCAA tournament. There are plenty of those as we get through the rest of the bracket um, of different things that you're looking at all the way down the list. But um, I, I do think that Xavier being a three seed, resume-wise, I was not shocked. I, do, I, I think that— I was shocked. Uh, res- Resume-wise— That means you believe Xavier's one of the top 12 teams in the country, and I'm not buying it. Yeah, I mean, it, they have— They have all- been ranked that high after, the, after that, that long winning streak they had. They have been ranked that high all year long. Well, I mean, they pe- like they people, like, half those people don't even watch college basketball. Anymore. Okay, so, yeah. well, that's, that's probably true. So, so, I mean, you know, I, as far as you're looking at Ken Palm, you're looking at the net. I mean, Xavier's ranked as high as they've been all season right now on Ken Palm— they're the, they have the highest net ranking that they've had all season. So they're, they're playing their best basketball at the right time. I know they're coming off a clunker on Saturday, but really I'm not reading too much into that given the way that the week went. Um, in fact, if anything, I'm taking more away from what they did against Creighton. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Uh, just a complete beatdown of Creighton who now ends up with a six seed. Um, they were lucky to get that. Yeah, I just don't know what people see in Creighton. I mean, look, maybe you can watch him play one game. I mean, I just sit there and watch him, and I say to myself, I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, I think it's because they're so balanced both sides of the floor. I mean, they're the 15th best defensive team in the country, 20th best offensive team in the country. They have it on both sides of the floor. And they lost 13 They've- games. Well, yeah, but six of them were without their best player. Well, uh, well, a lot of teams are going through that stuff all year. I understand. I mean, you can say the same thing for TCU. You can say the same thing for Texas. You can say the same thing. I mean, a lot of teams have guys get hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, 13 know, but- or whatever it is, losses, is. I don't care where they are in offense and defense. They, they, they've won 20, what, 21 and 13 in, yeah. a, in an okay league? Okay. I think as the season went on, Providence is is uh, come on. I mean, come on, come on. Xavier solid. Marquette solid. UConn streaky. Yeah. Talented, 
very streaky. So, uh, and, and in my opinion, UConn, you know, Marquette is just a tougher mental team. I look at UConn, talent, get up and down the court. I don't look, them as, look at them as being a mentally tough team. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. So if, if you want to go, um, BartTorvik.com is a website that you can filter very easily just to see who's playing their best basketball at the right time. You want to obviously see who's playing, who's playing their best basketball now in March. If you go through and, and you filter just since February 13th, in the last month, who is playing the best, it goes Gonzaga 1, UConn 2, Houston 3, Bama 4, Texas 5, Kentucky 6th. Creighton is all the way down at 40th um, in the last month. So to your point, Tom, um, you know, maybe not playing their best basketball at the right time. They had a lot of preseason expectations. I'm not going to pick Creighton to the Final Four or anything, but we'll get to that um, later on down the road. As far as this bracket goes, you know, if you're talking about playing in the last month, Iowa State 35th, uh, but Texas – Texas is a monster. Texas is a very good basketball team. Casey, any thoughts for you since you've done a thumbnail already of your picks? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I thought Texas is probably going to be the victors in this situation. Um, I just, for some reason, I just don't think Houston is legit. And maybe it's just because of the league they play in. Um, I Just the fact that they almost lost to UC – um, gives me gives me pause. I'll just put it like that. I, I just don't know. I think the Iowa versus Houston matchup is really good um, if Northern Kentucky doesn't pull off the upset. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't really believe in Miami anymore. I, they, I think they just lost a lot of steam as of late. And uh, the Indiana-Kent State game is the one that I am most excited to see on that side of the bracket on the first opening day. Um, or whatever. That's going to be Friday first, game. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Whatever, game, whatever day that is on that side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, that Friday, I'm excited to see that game. I didn't know Iowa State was down one of their best players either. I had them beating Xavier, and I did do the research to know that they were two opposite polar teams. That's why I kind of picked that spot for Xavier to lose. Um, but I might have to rethink that now. Uh, well, it, you, 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 you can make the point, and I think this is a fair point. In fact, somebody made it in the chat. I think it's a fair point. The very few times Xavier has faced a defensive team that just smothers people like Iowa State likes to do. They play man-to-man, and they just come after you. And we saw Marquette, whatever they called that defense, a violent defense. Now, again, Boom wasn't feeling well. But the bottom line is, is there have been games this year, and Xavier's defense has been a lot better. I mean, a lot better since Fremantle went down. And you'd rather have Fremantle. It's not what I'm saying. But when they've had to play a team that, that, that is, is, is based around getting after you hardcore on defense, that's going to be a challenge for anybody. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. All right, Casey. So you like Texas. The only thing about Texas, they might be the deepest team in the country. I think I heard the other day where they have like nine players that are averaging 17 minutes or more, something like that. It's a very deep team. They go nine, 10 deep. The guy's done a great job since taking over for Beard after he was fired. Who actually just got hired at Ole Miss. 
Beer yeah, did. Chris he should have. Yeah. He should have been hired. Um, good for him. Um, but Texas, you know, I watch them play. They get out-rebounded every single game. They, they are not a rugged team. Now, does that mean anything in the tournament? I don't know, history speaking. But if I'm Xavier, and if they can find a way to sneak through those first two and get a chance to hook up with Texas, I mean, I think Xavier could give Texas a run for their money. I do, too. Like, I, I'm, I, I really was looking at this bracket last night when I was sitting there watching the selection show, and I'm looking at teams like UConn, who has – my goodness, what a bracket UConn got. And some of the – I think Marquette got a really favorable bracket. Um, Creighton is what it is as a six seed. But it was really, really tough for me last night to look at that bracket for Xavier and not get too excited about it because um, I think there is a lot of opportunity in front of them. Yes, a defensive team like Iowa State does concern you, but at the same time, uh, like somebody pointed out in the chat, I just flipped off the screen, but um, – they uh, Iowa State doesn't score at a rate that really would make me all that nervous unless they can't they, keep up. They yeah, I I go back to what I always say where you you just go up and try and straight up outscore another team, and I don't think Iowa State can do that. Um, well, it depends what the score is. I mean, it, if it turns but, into a, a fifty-eight fifty-five game. Or it turns into a 65-63 game. Iowa State, I would think, can score 65. Yeah, they can. And they've scored in the 70s this year. I just, I, I think that just looking overall, like, you know, as I said last night when, when I was talking about it on, on a podcast, I, it's March. Anything could happen. Kennesaw State could come out. Look, Kennesaw State, to, to the Owls' credit, Kennesaw State chucks a lot of threes. Yeah. They shoot a lot of threes. That's about the only thing they do. But they shoot a lot of threes. What's given Xavier issues this year? Guards. So, you know, who knows? But I I don't think Xavier should have any. I think that Kennesaw State is a very good matchup overall for Xavier. And then uh, – Well, I can't wait there. for Reed Mouse to tell me after dropping in the chat that Xavier is in the only bracket where the four and three seeds are better than the one and two. <laughs> I mean – His Hoosiers. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, how anybody in their right mind could say Xavier and Indiana. I'm not saying they can't beat them because it's one game, 40 minutes, and these guys are 18 to 22. I talk about this all the time. When you're talking about kids that age and they're still kids, they can have a bad game. Just look at Xavier's last game. Stuff can just happen. But, I mean, over the body of work, Houston, Texas, come on. I mean – Come on. You know I mean, what, come on. You know the other thing? Good I'm, Lord. You know the other thing I'm going to say about Texas? Colgate's not a terrible team. The toothpaste, they're not toothpaste. terrible. Oh my they're God. not a terrible the team. Toothpaste. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, like, if you're looking at fun games, like, okay, Texas is gonna, all right, fair enough. Texas is going <laughs> to win that game, but Colgate is a fun team to watch. You better watch out for that fresh team. The, t the toothpaste. All right, the toothpaste. All right, let's shift gears. Where are we going next? Bottom line, Casey, uh, you think you have, and again, I'm not holding you to this. Yeah. For each of you, just give me the name of the school who comes out of that region. 
Not holding you to it. You can change your picks by tomorrow. But your rough, your just your gut tells you what? I am gonna say Houston and Xavier play in the Elite Eight. And I'm probably gonna pick Houston there. Okay. Casey. I'm gonna say Texas and I'm going to say Texas and Iowa just to just to make things a little interesting. Okay, all right. Okay. Texas and all Iowa. Right. All right. I don't think that's a stretch. No, I don't think so either. It just depends on if Iowa gets hot, you know. That's all. What you're capable of doing. Okay, I, I, I kind of like Houston. I mean, I'm going with the top two there. I like Houston and I like Texas. And at the end of the day, I and I don't like Texas. I just, I don't like Texas. I don't really either. No, I mean, and I don't just, I just don't like the University of Texas. I just don't like them. Oh. I don't like them. <laughs> so there's no way in hell. Horns down. Even though they're in the Big 12. Horns down. Even like though that. they're in the Big 12, I think that that would count for something when they get into a big game against Houston. Uh, Oh, but man. I think without a doubt, Houston, if Sasser plays, Houston is, they are so much like the old UC teams under Bob Huggins. They are a rugged, physical, defensive, rebounding, tough team. I like their makeup. I like their coach. All right, what's next? Let's go down to the bottom quadrant, the West. The West. Where we have Kansas, number one, UCLA. To me, this is the toughest region. Yeah. Oh, my God. Without a doubt. No question. 100%. Because for Gonzaga, the way Gonzaga is playing right now, UCLA got the two, even though Jalen Clark, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, is out for the season. And that, that, that really stinks for Mick Cronin. I mean, Mick Cronin now has been a part of staffs where he was on Huggins staff when Kenyon Martin broke his leg, right? Look like the best team. I think somebody could argue that if Jalen Clark doesn't get hurt, you could make an argument that UCLA would be right there with Alabama for the best team in the tournament coming into the tournament. But that didn't happen. They don't have him. So we'll see what happens. But they're not the same UCLA team. Kansas, again, interesting team. Uh, you know, defending champ. Um get boat raced in the Big 12 Conference Tournament, uh, basically on their home floor. They have had three or four game? games this season where they have just been annihilated by teams. Yeah. Not lost. I mean, they lost at Fog Allen to TCU by, what, 25, 30? They had some of those lay-an-egg kind of games. And I think Kansas is more than capable of laying an egg. Although I don't know at the end of the day – uh, if there's anybody on that side of the bracket, Paul, that can beat them, UConn can't beat Kansas. Oh, I th- come on. They're not going to beat Kansas. I think UCLA could. I'm saying on the top half. On the top uh, half. Top top half. I'm out on St. Mary's. If you've been listening to me all year, I'm out on St. Mary's. Yeah, for sure. I'm out on St. Mary's. I think, I think this is a good setup for UConn to get to the Sweet 16, especially in Albany where the UConn fans will travel. I'm out on St. Mary's. I really am. That's a go- they're going all the way across the country. Um, they're they're playing in Albany. I just I'm out on that. Arkansas, Illinois, like uh, that's boring. I don't. Some who cares? people, Paul, though, some of the guys yesterday on Espen and CBS said, you know, 
that Arkansas-Illinois game, that winner could present some challenges. You're not buying it? I mean, maybe. I just really like what Kansas is this year. I know they've laid some clunkers, but I just – I like Kansas. I like Kansas to get to the Sweet 16 there. Um, I, 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 I like UConn there too, and I wouldn't be shocked. Here's the thing with UConn. What, what are you going to get out of them? Are they right. going to play their best game? Right. Because if they're going to play their best game, if they're going to play like they did in November or the late part of February – then they're a Final Four team out of this region. If they're going to play like they did against Marquette or, or at different points in like the middle of January, early February, Rick Patino could have their number on Friday. So I just – I'm going to say UConn gets to the Sweet 16 here. Uh, I think St. Mary's – I think they beat St. Mary's. Kansas, though – Kansas, I'll go with them too. And then you get in. But look at all the way down. Five of the top 11 teams on Ken Palm are in this region. Five of the top 11 yeah. are in this region. UCLA could have been a one seed. You could have argued easily that UCLA could have been the, the fourth number one seed instead of Purdue. They're not, but they could have been. Northwestern has beaten Purdue. Gonzaga, five losses this year. One of those was to St. Mary's, who's in their same region. TCU has had some great wins this year. I'm glad Nevada got in the field. Um, I didn't think Rutgers, who cares? Rutgers, Nevada, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. Arizona State beat Arizona. All the way to VCU has been feisty out of the A-10, but the A-10 stunk. Uh, all the way down this list. I mean, Mountain West gets a team in with there with Boise State at the, in the, at the 10 line. This is a very, very fun region. Yeah. Very yeah. fun region. You know, I look at TCU, and, and I mean, they lose in the uh, Big 12 semis uh, to Texas. And this Eddie Lampkin story is just such a sad story for everybody. Um, if they had this guy, I think they can make a deep run. Without him, they're a very different team. Uh, they're good on defense. If they're making threes, which they rarely do. They present problems for somebody. So I don't think that's going to be necessarily a cakewalk for Gonzaga in the second round because I don't think Gonzaga plays very many good teams. They do early in the year. They schedule out a conference very well. But it's been a long time since Gonzaga's played a juggernaut. Well, it's been a long time, and that's stinking conference errand. Yeah, I mean, St. Mary's, I mean, come on. Yeah, if you want to... A five seed? They're the same as Duke? Well, St. Mary's... St. Mary's? St. Mary's is the 11th team on Ken Palm. So they do have the resume for it. They have some wins. They Again, I chart. Who have they beaten? I mean, they've, they've lost to... St. Mary's lost to Houston by five. I they, didn't ask that. I said, who have they beaten? They, they beat... It's any good. In their non-conf... I mean, this isn't going to light you up, Tom. They beat North Texas, who's 45th. North... Did you just say North Texas? I mean, I know, like... Yes, they are. North Texas is a good team. Beat them by 30. That final score of that game was 63 to 33. Vanderbilt, they beat. Vanderbilt was not playing as well then as they are now, uh, even though, I mean, Vanderbilt's not in the tournament. Oral Roberts, they beat in their first game. But, I mean, they, they no, I'm with you. That's why I said. Now, they did beat St. Mary's, they beat Gonzaga. So they, they beat them in overtime. And that was an incredible game in Moraga. Yeah. Uh, but that goes back to 
how much stock you're going to put into St. Mary's and Gonzaga. I hate, I hate, I hate sitting here and just writing off the WCC because Gonzaga's played in two title games in the last decade. I hate sitting here and doing that, but I just look at a team like St. Mary's that isn't as consistent as Gonzaga is in that success at the top, and I just don't see them getting past UConn. I just don't. Okay. You know, one one thing that I just now noticed when I did my first draft, I don't have an upset on the side of the bracket. I have Oh. I have one and two playing in the final, or the Elite Eight, Kansas and UCLA, but the entire and that entire West side, I'm gonna just pull it up real quick. There's not I don't have a upset. I have UCLA winning, I have got Northwestern winning, Gonzaga winning, TCU winning, Yukon, St. Mary's. Arkansas, Kansas, like I, I, it's all the way through. I got them going all the way, and then Kansas. Shock! I got Kansas in the final four. Wow! But that that is going to be a tough. That that's a tough game, honestly, to to predict. If you're gonna go Kansas versus UCLA, it's really a roll of the dice, honestly. This is gonna be a disaster of a region to try and pick. Yeah, I'm gonna spend four days trying yeah. to pick this whole thing. It's gonna go to shreds. Because for me, I think you could make it. Uh, at least for me. The toughest game to pick in this entire tournament, for me, is Gonzaga against UCLA. Yeah. That, to me, is going to be the most difficult game to pick a winner. Gonzaga's playing great, but, I mean, look, they, they've been a lot of this all year, too. UCLA has played great all year. And we know all about Mick Cronin teams. They're grimy. They're tough. They're, they got great senior leaders. That Tiger Campbell, total gamer. Give me that guy. Give me that guy. At 28 the other night. Um, but to me, the winner of that game is going to beat Kansas to get to the Final Four. Either UCLA or Gonzaga. So, Tom, I just want to confirm this. You have Gonzaga beating TCU then? I do. Okay. I do. I don't, I don't hope that happens. <laughs> and I think TCU, again, because of I, – I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. And, and, Paul, we talked about this last year with the Big Ten. They got all the teams in. They lay an egg, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the Big 12 is up here and everybody else is down here, right, to different levels. It's going to be really interesting because there's two ways of looking at this. One would be you've played really good teams pretty much every game. I mean, even when your Oklahoma State was left out of the tournament and you can make an argument that they should have been in the tournament, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no layup in that league. Texas Tech might be the closest thing to a layup, and they're not a layup. So you are playing every game. You are playing, uh, you know, pick somebody. You are playing... Uh, you know, somebody like uh, in, in the ACC. You're not playing Boston College. Yeah. You're not playing Butler. You know, you know, there's none of that in the Big 12. So the two ways of looking at it is, one, you've played great competition all year long, so you're going to be ready to handle whatever team from another conference that you're going to play in a tournament. The other side of it is, how much have you been worn down by a war every night? Right? Yeah. And, and, and conversely for Gonzaga, okay, you haven't played great competition. You're finally getting it together. 
and they're going to walk into this tournament certainly not worn down. Nor will UCLA. UCLA will not walk into this tournament worn down from a grueling conference schedule. Um, Kansas, grueling conference schedule. UCLA v. Gonzaga, that's a game. All right, let's take a break, and we got two more regions to go. Are you guys right. tired of this yet or no? No. Absolutely not, Thomas. Paul, you could talk day. about this for days. Could I you? could. Huh? I, I could and I will. All right. All right, right. let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. It's that type of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right. Well, uh, the Bearcats report. You see, their season's not over. Playing at nine on Wednesday night. Did, playing against Virginia Tech in the NIT. Did they accept the bid then to go to the NIT? I they thought did. I saw something that they weren't going to. No, they did. Dayton, it's funny. Dayton put out a statement that said they had declined all postseason invitations. But I, I don't think Dayton was going to get into the NIT anyway. Um, so I'm wondering if that was just a preemptive, you know what, we're getting out ahead of this. Because the timing of that statement from Dayton when the teams were notified that they had to accept or decline a bid, it didn't really all line up. I'm wondering if Dayton just put that out there to say, you know what, we're done. Regardless, don't know if they were ever even offered a bid or not. But you see, they did. They got seeded. They're four seed. They are playing in the NIT. They'll play at 9 o'clock at Fifth Third Arena on Wednesday night. That'll be against Virginia Tech. The Bearcats report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Glad you didn't forget my time away. Well, I was, I was doing. You were what, pitching you, the other you, way. Yeah. I was, All right. Good. I was in your seat. Uh, you were pitching the other yeah. way. Okay, I like it. Visit Encore.Tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is also a new premium alkaline water out, and it's right here in front of me. It's Pawnee. Made in Hamilton, Ohio, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. Bet with Betfred, get your coffee from UDF, drink Pawnee water, and get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. Casey, was there anything else I missed um, that I need to be caught up on? Ooh, um, I think we are announcing what we plan to do for a watch party for the tournament. I think we're going to do something Thursday, possibly Friday. Everyone stick around to find out. I think we're going to announce it on Box Lunch. I could be mistaken, but I'm sure Trace will correct me or someone will correct me in the comments here. I do believe that we're going to announce what we're going to do sometime here today. So keep your, your ears open, your eyes peeled for any of those announcements coming up soon. So what is this in regard to us going on the road? Yeah. Or just- their show going on the road? No, I think I think it's just a watch party. I could be wrong though. Okay. All right. Okay. So it'd be a daytime deal. Is that the thinking you think? Yes. Okay. Yes. And don't forget, although Brandon and I are not drinking, Friday is St. Patrick's Day. 
I had a fascinating conversation with one of your Catholic brethren, Paul. Okay. Um, who is the athletic director at Marymount High School. He's won the Ohio Athletic Director of the Year uh, numerous times. Tom Neural, one of my favorite people in the world. Marymount is basically like a private school as far as sports are concerned. Multiple state championships. Um, it, it's unbelievable what they do for such a small school. You've got about 110, 115 kids in a graduating class, and their sports success is mind-boggling. Um, but he was sharing with me the other day, I had to emcee a big fundraiser, okay, for the Marymount Arts and Athletics on Saturday night. It was a phenomenal event, great event. So I'm doing the live auction stuff and blah, blah, blah. So I had started the night when I got on the microphone sharing with the audience, the overwhelming majority of which were already about four or five drinks in to the night, alcohol drinks. So I had shared that I wasn't in a very good mood because I had given up alcohol for Lent. Okay. And we've had this discussion on the show before, right? You know, and I'm, I'm walking that fine line. I started early and, you know, he shared with me. Now, we know the, the, the uh, origination of Lent, of Jesus going uh, off with Satan for 40 days and avoiding all temptation. And that was, that's the, 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 the foundation of Lent. But he shared with me that in the Catholic version of Lent, help me here now, but this is what he said to me, made me feel actually pretty good right? That Sundays technically are celebration feast days. So whatever it is you're giving up, help me here now. Is this right? Is it he is, right? It is true. So if you've given up whatever, right? Sweets, cigarettes, alcohol, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. If you've given those up, that Sunday, because actually it's 46 total days, yeah. right? So Lent is 40 days. You're getting six days of a quote-unquote pass. Is that true or false? That is spot on, Tom. Spot on accurate. So you got all tanked up is what you're telling me. No, 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 no. I'm saying I was looking at this whole thing because of, if you remember, some of you may not, I'm going on our son's senior spring break. Okay? Yes. In like two weeks. So I started Lent. Uh, five days beforehand, okay? And then I've still got, when I get back, about eight days on the backside because Easter isn't until, I think, April the 8th this year with Good Friday the 6th. Yes. Okay, so I'm still going to adhere to the non-drinking, but I was wondering if I could, if there was some little sliver in there, whether I could sneak in over a four-day time frame, a few beers on spring break. I think uh, he basically gave me a green light, but I'm not Catholic, which is, I don't know actually gives me a green light. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think that's a personal conversation between you and the Lord. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he made me feel better, though. Uh, he is right. For just thinking about it. No, he is right. Okay. All right, are we ready to move on to the, Let's the move other two on. quadrants? Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Bottom left. Out of the east. Purdue. We're doing this. Are we doing this? I think we're doing this. We're doing this. All right. Purdue. Okay. Out of the top. Purdue. 
Memphis and Florida Atlantic, this is a real bummer. This is a massive bummer that this game is an 8-9 game. Florida Atlantic, you could have made an argument they should have been a 7 seed maybe. Either way, you get stuck with a 1 or a 2 seed in the second round. But uh, this is a this stinks that this game is in the first round. But it will be a very good game nonetheless. Uh, that's the 8-9 game. I don't know who I'm going to pick there. Just root for a ton of fun. Duke and Oral Roberts, sure, that's the 5-12. A lot of people are going to pick Oral Roberts in that game. I think Duke gets to the Sweet 16 here. Um, I think, although I'm not as high on Duke as you are, Tom, I do think they get to the Sweet 16. Duke is probably going to be a pretty popular um, yeah. Elite 8 pick yeah. because people are going to pick either Memphis or Florida Atlantic to beat Purdue in the second round. I'm not going to do that, but I think a lot of people will. And then out of that, you would say, okay, Duke's probably going to beat one of those two teams in the Sweet 16. That would leave Duke in the Elite Eight. I think Duke got a fairly good draw here, especially with the way Tennessee's been playing um, and no Sakai Ziegler either. Not a bad draw for Duke. Kentucky. This You talk about storylines. You talk about um, fun things here. Bryce Hopkins yep. transfers from Kentucky to Providence. Bryce Hopkins' revenge game here on Friday in Greensboro. That's in prime time. I think it's at 7.15. I have no idea what we're going to see out of this Kentucky team on Friday. The Wildcats are better at every position probably than Providence is. That's a game Kentucky needs to win, but... With Ed Cooley, I, I know they have. I know Providence hasn't had a ton of success in the NCAA tournament. They made the Sweet 16 last year. I well, that's pretty good success. Sweet yeah, 16. but 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 before that, we're talking about Providence teams that have been very good that have not had a ton of success. Really, overall, the Big East, um, you know, outside of Villanova and Xavier, has don't they don't have a ton of, of tournament success. Butler has a Sweet 16. Creighton made a Sweet 16. Providence made a Sweet 16. Um, but I don't think anybody else has multiple Sweet 16s since realignment. Um, I'm looking at Marquette down there at the bottom. I think Marquette has about the best draw you could. Marquette, honestly, has one of the best draws in the entire tournament, um, in my mind. USC and Michigan State, eh, I'm out on both of them. Marquette, to, Marquette I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm putting through Marquette into the Sweet 16. I think Marquette's got a great draw against either one of, you know, Kentucky, Kansas State. And then, look, if it got to Providence, those are two Big East teams there. If Providence was able to pull something crazy off, I I love Marquette's draw. I really do. I think that this is um, – I think that's a really good draw for Marquette. I'm just kind of out on Kentucky being able to make a deep run because they have the talent to do it but they've just shown absolutely zero consistency to give anybody any faith that they can do this when it counts. That's my thoughts on this region. Okay. Casey? Yeah, um, I'm just looking back at uh, my draft here, and I have I have Purdue losing to Memphis, but I don't have a lot of faith in that. I really thought that they could be a not-out-of-this-weekend sort of deal here, but it just doesn't shape up to be like that. I think they're going to go to the Sweet 16. And then, I really like Duke. I think they have a favorable matchup to meet up against Purdue. I really like Marquette as well. Same thing that, that Paul just referenced here. 
And I don't believe in Kentucky either. I just don't know where they lose. I don't know if that's the first week or the first game or if it's the second game. I can't I can't really decide. Um, it's really tough for me to decide that, that game in particular. Um, the other game that I'm having a tough time really figuring out is the Michigan State-USC game. God, that game stinks. It's That's a tough one. Why um, does that game stink? Like, st- I mean, why, why does that game that stink? Game stinks. Ah, oh, it's just um, oh, I'm I'm just out on both both of those teams. But Tom Izzo, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's kind of where I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm out on both teams making a deep push. So I like looking at it. Obviously, I feel like Marquette's gonna make it to probably the Elite Eight. I think that's where I got Marquette at. I don't know if they're going to be playing. I don't think they're going to be playing Kentucky for the Sweet 16. I think they'll probably play Kansas State. I'm not – and these aren't, like, set in stone for me, but right now my Elite Eight in that region is Duke and Marquette. Those are my two. I think Duke has really found itself, and they're playing really well. Um towards the end of the stretch and that's what really matters when it comes right down to it when teams play really well at the end they can make a push i mean duke, and, duke hasn't lost since they got screwed at virginia on february 11th right so i'm just yeah I, i'm really high on duke on this one um wow really yeah i i got duke and marquette in the elite eight that's- the best opening round game is duke oral roberts could you make an argument for that as far as just interesting, right? Because everybody's been talking. Paul, you were talking about Oral Roberts last week. Yeah. Right? Max Asmus. I mean, they've had an unbelievable year. Yeah. It's an interesting first-round game. Very interesting. Very intriguing. I do think I have the same uh, I have the same, uh, the same Elite Eight here as Casey does. I think it's Marquette and Duke. You think it's Marquette mm-hmm. and Duke? Yep. I have the same one. All right. I, I, I like uh, Marquette there and uh purdue i like duke you like purdue i i'm telling you after watching purdue i don't know how anybody in the country and i know they lost five games i don't know how anybody in the country stops eating Uh, i will say this guy is sick i i don't disagree with you when i looked at this bracket i just don't see how Purdue doesn't make it out of the first two games. I think they make it out of this weekend. It's just after that. Um, and I don't know. I don't feel like Duke poses a major threat to Purdue. I just think Duke has been more on fire than Purdue has as a late. It's a really tough one. I can see where, where your head is at, Tom, because I don't think there's really anyone except maybe Tennessee, and they haven't really done much either. To make you believe that. They well, they're just too here, injured. But. I think we would be having a much deeper conversation about Tennessee right now if they had all their players. Because there was a point in time this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. They were ranked number one at one point in time this year, right? When they had everybody. Yeah. And then now Takai Ziegler's not playing. And, and they just kind of, as you would say, Tom, a little tired. A little tired. <laughs> where, where do you have Purdue? Do you have them playing against uh, against Duke, then if Duke's making the Elite Eight, then yeah, I think I think Duke. The reason I would pick Duke to win that game 
is because I think Duke wins whoever comes out of that Purdue pod. So that's sometimes how I do the bracket where I think to myself, all right, well, if Purdue maybe doesn't win against Memphis or FAU, then I'm not going to pick Purdue to then go to the Elite Eight because then I'm, I'm two rounds behind on the picks. And I think Duke would on a because that's the other thing you got to remember is when you think about these teams like Florida Gulf Coast that make the Sweet 16 all those times, these Cinderella teams that might get hot and win their first yep. two games. Sometimes it's tough on, on a quick turnaround to prepare for those teams. But then when you give a, a, a team like Duke a week yeah. to prepare for that next game, then you're then it's a different story. I think that Duke would beat um I think Duke would beat either of those teams. I don't know if Duke beats Purdue, but I'm not a hundred percent sold that Purdue gets there anyway. Purdue does have uh the opportunity to play in Columbus, which is nice. But here's the other thing, Tom. Duke, Kentucky, Madison Square Garden, and the Elite Eight. That's where this East, that's where this East region is. Duke and Kentucky at Madison Square Garden. That is the NCAA tournament's dream scenario. There's here. no doubt if they had to pick two teams for television ratings purposes, that would be the matchup CBS would want. They'll never tell you that. They'll never admit it, but it's true. I want to put that graphic up one more time yeah. because for me, there are three sleeper teams in this region that I think could make a run. I think Memphis is really good. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Memphis is really, really good. Um, I would watch Memphis here. I did pick Purdue, but the three sleeper teams for me in this region are Memphis, Kentucky, and we've not even mentioned Kansas State. Kansas State is a legit number three seed. They are. They are legit. 23-9 and nine playing in that league. I mean, look at some of the other teams and their overall losses and the conferences that they play in. Just on that graphic alone, Providence loses 11 in the SEC, okay? And all these leagues are not as good as the Big 12. Kentucky loses 11 in the SEC. You know, not Purdue, they're in a whole different galaxy. And Marquette as well. But, you know, Michigan State losing 12 in the Big Ten. For Kansas State to have nine losses in that league, that's a big-time season. I wouldn't count them out. Could you see them beating? I could see them beating Kentucky in the second round. Couldn't you? And yeah. get to the Sweet oh, 16? Tom, I could see Kentucky laying an egg against Providence. I could, too. Yeah. Like, I mean – Nothing would surprise me with this Kentucky team. You're if, right. If you and I are sitting You're here right. two weeks from today saying that Kentucky is going to the Final Four two weeks from today, I'd say, well, yeah, they had the, the reigning national player of the year from last year. They had a bunch of guards that uh, got hot at the right time. They went to the Final Four. If you and I are sitting here next week, next uh, one week from right now saying, man, Bryce Hopkins scored 25 and Kentucky lost by 10 to Providence in round one. I'm going, well, yeah, we kind of saw that all season coming yeah. from Kentucky. Great point. Yeah. I. So just to kind of give an overall view on how I had the breakdown, I have Purdue losing to Memphis, which we talked about Memphis yep. there for a moment. Yep. I've got Providence beating Kentucky the very first game, and I have Kansas State and Marquette playing against each other in the Sweet 16. 
just to kind of round out the whole conversation, I think yep. we're all kind of on the same yep. wavelength on that. Um, but yeah, I, I won't be surprised either if. Kentucky so then, what you it. have Duke playing who Memphis? I have Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I have Duke playing Memphis in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay. All right. We're going to reveal all of these. Bra- what do we decide? Is it tomorrow or is it going to be Thursday? We're revealing our brackets. Uh, That's a good question. Let's, I mean, let's do it tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure yet what my travel schedule is with uh, getting down to Greensboro for Xavier. So let's do it tomorrow. I'm, I'll be 100% be here tomorrow. Um, so let's, let's make sure we do that. Okay. All right. I, I, That's yeah, fine. Let's do that. Casey, you good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. I already made a first draft. So Okay. I have to spend some time with Brenny Locks tonight. See how that works out. Brenny Locks, let's get his picks. <laughs> My dad, by the way, is going to reveal picks. He's going to he's going to do a, a pick for us. Okay? okay. Okay. And I'm going to ask the tracer to do oh, that for tomorrow. Yes. I think that might be some fun. That'll be fun. That'd be be fun. Because we'll he's going to pick joke. based on his storylines. Whatever he comes whatever up. Whatever. Lord knows where that goes. And okay. Now we get to the South Region. The last quadrant. Now, the last region. I think you could make the argument. Tell me if you guys agree. I think you could make the argument that the one and two seeds are the top two one and two seeds from any region here. Do you remember? Yay or nay? Yes. Do you? I have been saying for weeks that I am bound and determined to pick Arizona about two or three rounds too far in this tournament. And I'm going to do it because where do they lose? Maybe Utah State if they get hot. But Arizona's going to Sacramento. They're going to have their fans there. Then they're going to go to the Sweet 16. They're going to potentially play Creighton or Baylor. Both of those teams are very solid offensive teams. Creighton's a better defensive team than Baylor is. I had been high on Baylor. I had been really high on Baylor. My my intrigue with Baylor has slowly yes. waned in yes. the last two they weeks or so. They have sort of wilted here down the stretch. Yeah, kind of, it's kind of, kind of, kind of wilted here in the last couple of weeks. I'm not as high on Baylor as I had been. Um, I am, I am bound and determined to find Arizona here in the Elite Eight. I would love to pick them into the Final Four. But I think Alabama is so good. I think Alabama is a really, really good basketball team. And there's nobody at the top of that bracket that gives me any concern. um, What about Huggy? What about Huggy? West Virginia. You're ruling out Huggy Bear. Huggy gives me a whole lot more concern than Maryland does. But I'm not sure either one of those teams beat Alabama. But... I think it's a close game. I think that would be uh, of a those. Great, you know, honestly, game. of those top teams, I would say probably mm-hmm. West Virginia. If they weren't going to make it, if Alabama was going to get picked off by somebody, it's not going to be Virginia. It's not going to be Charleston. It's not going to be Furman. It's not going to be San Diego State. It's not five yes. seeds. San Diego State come on. does well. If you're come talking on about- Duke, I mean, oh, come on, come uh, on, San no. Diego State and St. Mary's a five. Well, Come on. Tom, you're just saying that because it's they're on the West Coast. No, I'm not. I, I, I just talked up UCLA and Gonzaga. Well, I know. I talked them up. I talked up USC when you beat them down. I know. Believe it or not. And I never say anything nice about USC. Ever. That's true. That's true. Ever. I, I, I think, um, you know, when you're talking, I, the, thing with, the thing with San Diego State is that they're a better West Virginia than West Virginia is. Like when you think about a Huggins team that kind of grinds you down and defends and like maybe doesn't score a ton, 
San Diego State is a better version of that. So if you're going to pick it there, okay. maybe, maybe you pick San okay. Diego That's State. Okay, fair, fair assessment. Um, but Charleston's also a really good mid-major. Like if we're looking at five, twelve seeds, Pat Kelsey at Charleston, leader of men. Pat Kelsey, I would not be shocked if Charleston won that first game. So that's where I say again that I don't want to pick a team too far if they were to lose early in the sense that, like, I don't want to advance San Diego State to the Elite Eight thinking they can upset Alabama if I'm also thinking there's a good chance they might lose in their first game. A 12 seed has won. Nick Kirby would know this stat better than I would. It's a high amount. It's like 7 out of They're 12. They're 21 and 19 in their last 40 games. Five seeds are. Um, yeah, that started to sort of yeah, – yeah, yeah, right. So right. They're 21 and 19 in their last 40 games where you're going to see a 12 seed win almost every year, if not every year. So where do you pick your spot? Maybe this is that spot, and that's why it kind of gives me some pause to pick San Diego State too far in this. I do think San Diego State would have a good shot against Virginia if that matchup got there. But I also think Furman is a very, very good team um, out of the Southern Conference to play Virginia. The 413 and the 512 in the South region are very, very intriguing to me. And uh, I just think that Alabama, there might be too much movement there between the, the four and five games that I think Alabama is going to find itself. Uh, and, and plus they're playing in Birmingham. I mean, look at that. You're going to say that Maryland or West Virginia is going to go down to Alabama and outdraw, you know, the, no, the Crimson Tide no. fans in Birmingham. That's no. not happening. That's going to be a home game for the first two games. Bama easily into the Sweet 16. And then from there, we talk about it next week. Well, to me, top to bottom, after the top two seeds, this is by far the weakest region of all of them. Because Baylor has had a great year, but they're not the Baylor that won it all two years ago. They're not that team. Uh, they, we talked about they've wilted down the stretch. Um, and you know, you get San Diego state as a five there compared to say Duke in another region. Who's a five. I just think after the top two there, um, there are a lot of questions on how far three, four, five, as you just pointed out, are going to advance it on that side. Casey, your thoughts on the South region. Yeah. Um, I have Alabama making it to the final four. I do have that. Yeah. I I could not pick my spot for Arizona because I I think like I kind of been heeding Paul's warning about picking them too far. So I have them losing to Baylor, and I'm just not comfortable or happy with that pick there. I don't know. I mean it's I, I didn't do a very good job on the on this region. Well, you haven't revealed it yet. Uh, yeah, you got a day. We got to work, work through. We got some drafts. We got to work through it. You got Yeah, you got to get yeah. in the lab. You're Casey. not grinding yet, I, Casey. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. I got to do some work on this one. I just knew that I was going to pick Alabama to go all the way. Um, so that that's pretty much my only thing there is Alabama. I don't know much about Charleston. I'm going to have to do some research on They're that. They're fun. Um, and, Kelsey Chevrolet and the Furman. Cause I don't, I don't, I do not believe in Virginia. I'll tell you that much. So oh. that might be where I pick my upset in this bracket. Speaking um, my language, Casey, but I just did not, I did not have a, a very good time picking this bracket out. Cause 
now I'm starting to have second thoughts about Creighton after we've had these discussions about Creighton and NC State. I know it's the ACC, but I don't know. It, it, the eye test tells you that Creighton hasn't really won anything, but the, the, they're really good in, in Kim Palm and yeah. every, every other metric. So that's a really tough one. But, yeah, I think the overall thought, though, that everyone has, Alabama's going to probably make it to the Final Four. And I don't think the only team that, in my opinion, on that side that poses any threat to them, West Virginia and Arizona. And I don't know if Arizona makes it that far. And, you know, if West Virginia plays them in the uh, second game, that's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a really fun one mm -hmm. to watch. Um, at least I'll, I'll be excited to watch it since we've had Huggy Bear on the show. Uh, I'll be rooting for that. But other other than that, I don't have much thoughts on this on this side just because Alabama is just really good. They're just really good. I mean, Alabama just tore through the SEC, and the SEC had some decent teams. They may not have had a lot of great teams. Alabama's probably the only great team. But there there aren't, you know, there are some teams that you better be on your game when you go play in that conference. I mean, Auburn's not an easy game. They're in the tournament. Arkansas is not an easy game. They're in a tournament. Kentucky, you don't know what you're going to get. Vanderbilt has proven, even though they didn't make the tournament. Uh, so, you know, they tore through that thing, and they lose two games. They're basically playing on their home floors, a home game, first two rounds of the tournament. thing that concerns me about Arizona, uh, as it always does seeming with Arizona, is they can score a ton. The big man's a great player. They great too, player. Yeah. Tubelis and great Omar Ballo. Yeah. Um, but they don't guard anybody. I mean, you know, they, they, I, I think I read where they're, they're like 79th in defense over the last 10, 11, 12 games of the year. They don't guard anybody. Now, you know, against a team like UCLA, it, it, you know, they could just go out there and score and they win the Pac-12 championship game. So I don't know if anybody can handle Alabama in that region. I don't either. I think Alabama has a very, very good setup into the um, into the Final Four. They're in the South, so they go right there up to from Birmingham to Louisville. I think they got a good setup. All right. So tomorrow we reveal our picks. Tomorrow we'll have Paul Doherty with us. We'll also have Tracy Jones. I'm going to ask those guys to take pictures of their Final Four on Wednesday. We're going to be joined by Jay Morrison to talk more because that's the first real big day. There's going to be some news that's going to be breaking here over the next 24, 48 hours. Um, for sure, a lot of big stories over the next 24, 48 hours. Uh, Marty Brenneman will join us uh, at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. One thing we did not talk about, I thought it was weak, was North Carolina turning down a bid to the NIT. I thought it was weak. Yeah. It's my opinion. I mean, you know, okay, down year. I get it. You're upset. You're disappointed. You're all those things. But you were, you'd be giving your kids – and maybe the team voted. I don't know. Maybe that's what they put it up for. I have no idea. But they're not playing in it. UC is playing in it. They'll play on Wednesday night. All right, do we have a cherry on top today or no? We do not. Okay, we do not. So fair enough. So that means it gives us more time to check in. The band is back together again. It's been dismantled here recently because of traveling through Iowa and Danville, Illinois. That's right. I don't know what the hell Reed's been doing. 
I wondered if he drove up to Michigan and bought a bunch of gummies well, after that last uh, after that, that prediction he made here on the or the, the comment he made in the chat about the three and four seeds, Indiana and who was the other one? Indiana and Xavier. And Xavier being better being than, better than the top two seeds uh, in their region. You're getting on me for for making statements like that. I sit down in this chair over here, Tom, and I almost sit right on the prick of this. Uh, what is this, a coat hanger? What's this about, Tom? Over here. I don't know me. how that happened today. Trying that must have me. fallen off somewhere. I apologize. Please forgive me. Also, what's a more outlandish statement, Tom? Me saying that Indiana and Xavier are the best best seeds in their bracket, or you saying that Marymount wins state championships all the time? All the time. Tom, I looked up. They haven't won a football state championship. I, I said certain, certain sports. No, I, I, no, baseball, I said the school. So they've soccer. won soccer. They won they've two won years one. ago. They've won one. They won two. I'm just saying of late here, lacrosse, girls won two in a row. Boys have won five. I mean, there's some state champs swimming, state champions, individual all over the place. I mean, look, football, they're playing in a league where everybody is a bigger school than they are except for Deer Park. So they're playing in a conference with Wyoming, Taylor, people like that, Indian Hill, where when the tournament starts, those schools all go to D2. Marymount's playing D4, D5. So they should be, they should be well tested when school it comes to the playoff run. When it comes to the playoff run. Like Bill Walton, the Pac-12, school of champions. All the same sports that Marymount's winning it is what the uh, Pac-12 wins in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not football and basketball. Bill Walton's an acquired taste, He's by great. The way. I love him. You, 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 you can't tune into Bill Walton games and listen to like four minutes because if you take it serious, you're going to drive right. yourself That's nuts. Right. You got to right. you understand the bit that That's is. That's right. And the guy that he does it with, <clears throat> Dave Pash, is he's incredibly, incredible. incredibly good at making sure that yep. he, he has his quick-witted comments to Bill. And they go back and forth, and they do an unbelievable job. It's almost more humorous than, you know, this real serious. It's like a talk show. A shtick no, is what it no is. No doubt it's yeah. a shtick. Yeah, and Dave Pash, he's a longtime radio voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and the NFL has been doing ESPN stuff forever. Great announcer, even better guy. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, to hear him tell stories about Walton. And when Walton walks into these arenas and these gyms for practices and shoot-arounds, and it's just it's unbelievable. Uh, anyway. All right. So, boys, there's lots to talk about today. What is the – and I know you're going to get to it here in a second. Anything from our show you want to comment on besides Reed's comments? Your Kansas Jayhawks a little worried? <laughs> A little worried? Worried is not the right term. Okay. I, I would say uh, slightly concerned. However, last year, if you were around uh, me, these guys know, I said all along Kansas wasn't very – wasn't as good as I thought they were, and they ended up winning the national championship. Now, <laughs> part of that is because I went back and looked through it. They got to, they got to play a lot of Big East teams. So this year it doesn't well, look like we get to play a lot of Big East teams. I would, I would love for Kansas to be able to roll through that conference. But this year it doesn't look like we get to, so I'm a little concerned, yeah. Trace was funny last year. He said, he's like, ah, Kansas isn't very good. But I'll tell you what, Kentucky, they're going to make a run. They're going to make a run (laughs) at the whole thing. They lose the first round to St. Peter's. Kansas wins the whole thing. I do have one comment on the show, and that is, Paul, when talking about Xavier's region, you quickly said that Texas is the best team in the region. You can make make a, a very good argument about that. And then about 10 minutes later, you're like, I'm out on Texas. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Those seem to be conflicting yeah, they thoughts. Are, they, that, that, you know, now that you say that, I, I guess I didn't realize I said that. But 
I would be I would be willing to listen to an argument that Texas is the best team, um, just by based on the fact that they won the Big Twelve by twenty. Best team doesn't always win. Something does it, points, but that's the problem when you're too close to the fire with these brackets, man. You you start to realize that you know you're right. You you know too much. You're like. You looked you looked too much into these things. But I think it is safe to say that Texas may be more than any other team. Maybe more than any other team. They are one you look at. Now, I don't know if Paul would agree with this or not. I don't think Marquette, for example, is a two seed. I would be surprised if they won the national championship. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the final four. But I'd be surprised if they won the whole thing. Although that Kolek kid, I mean, for me... You give me one player in college basketball that I got to have on my team, I'm taking that. Dude. More than Edie? Um, I want that guy. Gamer. My kind of player right there, man. Every kid should be that kind of player. Of course, being 7'4", 270 is not bad. Huh. All right, but <laughs> Texas is the team that I think you could say more than any of the top two seeds in any region. Would you agree with this statement? I could see them losing their second game and could see him going to the national championship. Right. You agree with that? Yeah, pretty fickle team. Because they're a weird team. Pretty fickle team. Yeah. I, I still think that about Purdue. I mean, like, if Purdue wins the whole, whole whole dang thing, I wouldn't be surprised. If Purdue loses their second round, wouldn't be surprised. Purdue is the team I can't figure out. Well, that's because you don't like them. I mean, oh, at least Perdon. I admit teams I don't like up here. You, you're an Indiana guy. You don't like Purdue. Perdon, yeah. I was hoping that we'd get a third a third matchup between IU and Purdue, so the Hoosiers and Trace Jackson Davis and Mike Woodson NBA could could put down the Boilermakers for a third time. If, I'm going to ask this last question before I turn it over to you because I'm serious when I ask this question because I've not watched a lot, but I, I said I watched a lot this weekend, right? What 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 kind of game happens when Purdue loses? They don't make their outside shots. Yeah, no, Zach Eady, Zach. Yes, partly, partly that. Partly the guards don't show up because right. that's basically what it is. It's kind of that kick in to Edie, right. kick out from there. But like what Northwestern did, um, and I've talked about this a ton, it's like what Northwestern did, which is what kind of laid out the blueprint. Chris Collins brought a double from every different side of the court. So usually what the teams had done earlier in the year was they would double Edie when it got down in the post, but they'd bring a second player down, and it was always the same second player. So what Ed would do is he'd just kick it out, find the open guy, they'd hit a three. Well, from there, Chris Collins at Northwestern started bringing a different player every time he touched the ball from a different side of the court. So Edie never knew where that open guy gotcha. was, and he constantly turned the ball over. That's where I say if you don't have that effective guy to go down there and do that, and if you're not communicating defensively, if you can't recover – then it's still going to be a matchup nightmare for you because he's going to be 7-4, and he's going to be able to find these guards that can hit shots. I do think Purdue makes a sweet 16. I'm not sure how much farther they go than okay. that. All right. Purdue stinks. All right. all right, boys. It's time for Box Lunch. We thank all of you for joining us. Casey, Brandon, Paul, thank you. Thanks. No problem. Thank Casey, you, do not, do not hmm. put yourself in a position where you're sitting down there tonight with your bride-to-be and literally your brain explodes all over the kitchen thinking about this. Because I can tell you're already deep in the weeds on this thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, deep in the weeds. I'm a little worried. I mean, I I I can see your brain spinning. I can see stuff bubbling. And I mean, just gears are turning. Okay. Relax. Uh, you, You see that right there on the side of the screen? 
Casey's rays. Uh oh. What's that? Has a lot to do with it. The computer. No. Look look at the. (laughs) Look at the graphic on the J bar. Look at the graphic up there on the J bar. This right there. Casey's rays. That has a lot to do with this bracket. Wow, I can't wait to hear about this. All right, it's time. I've already taken up enough of their time. Let's throw it over to Trace Fowler, Reed Mouse, and the boys. Box lunch. Have a good rest of your day. Stay right here.